Hello and welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. And would you believe it, Aston Villa beat Manchester United at home. I repeat, Aston Villa actually beat Manchester United at home. Is this real? Am I dreaming? Is this the real life or is this just fantasy? Twenty-seven long years. The last time Aston Villa beat Manchester United at home was August 19, 1995. Jack Grealish and his giant calves hadn't been born yet. Starburst was known as Opal Fruits. The Spice Girls hadn't even released Wannabe. No one had ever heard of Jar Jar Binks. France had never won a World Cup. Never forget by Tate that was number one in the charts. I had a terrible haircut and bad fashion sense, which still hasn't changed. But you know what? Finally, finally, 27 years later, Aston Villa have beaten Manchester United in the league at home in the year of our Lord, 2022. 3-1 was the result in 1995. 3-1 was the result this weekend. Today, George is away. He'll be back for our next league game, but I am joined by a new guest, a new voice on the All Villa No Filler podcast, season ticket holder, a man I've known for many years, one of the most passionate, serious Aston Villa fans I've known um, throughout my life. His name is Richard Stevens. Rich, it is great to have you on. Brian, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I think we both grew up dodging bullets and, and blues fans on the mean streets <laughs> of, of Solid Hill. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, no worries. I mean, look, um, I was at that game in 1995. I was at the game this weekend. I know you you live in Germany now, but still are a season ticket holder. So I know you weren't able to make the game this weekend, but I believe you were at the game in 95. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, I, I think I was. It, they all sort of blur together. Um, obviously, we weren't very old, but I do my, my I think my abiding memory of that game is it being very sunny and very hot. I mean, anyone could say that. You just need to watch watch the game on YouTube. But it had that classic, doesn't really exist so much these days, I don't think, but that classic summer feeling that came mm. with early season games yeah. where everyone was in the ground wearing short sleeve shirts and it was the real era of everyone wearing a replica shirt it was that mid 90s yeah. where replica shirts were available villa had reebok ast computers i think it was back in those <laughs> yeah. days yeah and it just it, it was just a very different world but i do i do remember that game i don't think anyone you know particularly what, what were we nine years old people of our generation could have imagined that We'd be mm. waiting to almost forty to to see this happen again. It's absolutely extraordinary. Um, you know, I look. I mean, I was there at that ninety-five games. I do remember the sunshine. I remember David Beckham's deflected goal very vividly, uh, and I remember Ian Taylor scoring. But uh, look, I mean, my goodness, Rich um, Unai Emery, his first game in charge has ended that twenty-seven year curse. It's an amazing way to start as manager. What did you think of uh, of the, the win this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think there was an element, of course, of the new manager bounce. I think we've, mm. we've actually been quite fortunate to benefit from that twice in the space yeah. of two home True. games. I think Aaron Danks brought that effect with him. I think that was more of the sort of local lad story and just just everyone's had, had really run out of steam with with, with Stephen Gerrard. Um, yeah. But I think with, with, with Unai, there was genuine. It was clear there was a lot of energy in the team. The players were really 
trying to embrace a lot of what he, he was clearly trying to set them up to do. I think the, the one big thing I noticed quite quickly was that, that you know, I was really trying to trying to force uh, Ezri Konza and uh, Tyrone Minks to play the ball out from the yeah, back and not just definitely. roll it sideways or not just roll it five yards forward to Dougie Louise, who's then stuck with that impossible position of what does he do apart from roll it five yards back to them. He was really looking for 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 Emmy Buendia and and for for Jacob Ramsey to make themselves available, but yes. much further forward, but without being. I, I think sometimes with Gerard, we ended up in that horrible position of having a lot of attacking players on the on the pitch, but there was no sort of texture to our attack. Yes. It was just five players all lined up, basically on the defense. You know, the opposition defense back five yeah. with, with no options available for our defenders. Then came the dreaded sort of Tyrone Mings or. Esri Konza nine iron forward just be <laughs> mopped up by mopped up by a defender or unworkable for for an Ollie Watkins or a Danny Ings or whoever it was on the pitch and I think that made a really big difference to us I think Man United let that happen throughout the game and that really really helped us it felt like we were constantly breaking that Man United press and were able to break mm. and spring them really quickly and that that was something we haven't seen for a while how much of that was tactical genius from from Una I, I don't mm -hmm. know how much of that was a stroke of luck how much a bit of both how much Man United not really you know knowing what to expect from the Villa but either way it was certainly very exciting to watch and very very mm -hmm. enjoyable particularly particularly that opening 10 or 15 minutes um where we yeah. really felt on it yeah absolutely it reminded me of the, the Brentford game to be honest when we started off just as yeah. a house on fire in the first 15 and it was interesting you know that Initially, I thought Man United were the team that had switched ends just to sort of wind us up and, you know, get his face in the whole tend in yes. the, the first half. But actually, it was Emmy Martinez himself, our captain uh, for the day, um, who made that decision. And it turned out to be pretty inspired. You know, it was a very similar start to the Brentford game where there was that new manager bounce and there was that real, there was such an energy in Villa Park yesterday. I could, even just going into the ground, I could feel like there was a, there was an excitement in the air that, you know, I think you always get that when you play someone, a team like Man United. But there's also that sense, you know, we haven't beaten them for so long. I, I, there's kind of like a grim resignation. This is, this just will never happen. We will, we'll, you know, we'll, even if we go to the look, we'll still somehow lose it 3-2 or a last minute equaliser or something. But, um, you know, that first 15, well, first five minutes, to be honest, I, I was, I could already see that uh, the ball would go back to Emmy Martinez. And instead of pumping it long, he'd he'd actually just stay on the ball and he'd mm. wait for Ronaldo to come to him. And then once he did, he'd pass it off to Tyra Mings, we'd pass it to Ezri Konsa, or he'd sort of look for a Matty Cash or Luca Dean, who'd maybe pushed up slightly further into a bit of space. And to be honest, I saw Matty Cash calling for the ball quite a lot because um, mm. he was always finding those little gaps. Um, but it was, it was kind of patient build-up play that event that worked in the sense, like as you said earlier, Ramsey and Buendia would come deeper and get the ball, and start look to, look to turn, look to create, look to work with the the fullbacks. Um, and I compare that to when I went to Crystal Palace earlier this season. The other, you know, the other game been to this season, yeah. where we were just so, you know, it was Conser and Mings passing it back and forth to each other, looking as if they had no options with what to do, no coherence, and then would end up just lumping it forward and hoping for mm. the best. And that was continually what was happening in the uh, Gerard era. Now, yesterday as well, what's really struck me was that I was sat on the halfway line and watching Villa and I was like, I can't actually say for sure what our formation is at this very second moment in time. It's like at moments it'd be like, I think Leon Bailey's the striker with Watkins, but then he'd move a bit deeper. 
And he'd be like, I think it's a 4-4-2. Oh, wait, no, it's a 4-2-2-2. Now, hold on, now it's 4-1-3-2. And what that suggests to me is fluidity, you know, tactical fluidity, which, um, you know, to see that uh, so quickly under Unai Emery and to see it work uh, so quickly was... Um, just really inspiring you know um you know do, does it does it give you hope you know seeing that that game yesterday that you know maybe this could be a new villa under unai emery oh i mean absolutely it gives 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 me hope i think it gives all of us hope but we have to be a bit i think sometimes as, as villa fans and football fans in general you sort of jump at the first positive sign and, <laughs> and say this is herald, heralding a brand new dawn <laughs> this and, is what we do on this podcast yeah yeah, so naturally, with that that caveat of okay, let's see how we do away at Brighton on yeah. on Sunday before jumping to to too many conclusions. But I think it was certainly put it this put it this way: you'd much rather be you know analysing or looking at a three one win over Man United and and, and mm. tempering it with a little bit of caution instead of you know coming off the back of a, a comprehensive home defeat against Man United and trying to pick pick through the bones of that of the performance to, to see that there's some grounds for the optimistic. So I think a hundred percent, I think, you know, that there's still lots of things we, we have to improve. I think Oli did a brilliant job yesterday and he does that. What he did yesterday, he does, he does really, really effectively, mm. which is sort of yeah. the irony is almost that he's at, at the player furthest forward, but he, sometimes looks the least likely to score. And I don't mean yeah. that disrespectfully. I mean, if Ollie, if Ollie, if Ollie Watkins is listening to this, I'm really <laughs> not trying to say, that you know, I think he's he's a bad player, but I think what he did yesterday with occupying Man United's defenders, yeah. holding the ball up, um, having the ball you know, being played into him. Sometimes with Ollie, the ball can bounce off him if he's having one of those days. But yeah. yesterday, it didn't. It stuck to him, and I think we saw that with the the Bailey goal in the first the first few minutes. That was brilliant hold up play from Ollie. Really got there in a really yeah. really awkward position, right on the touchline, running the wrong way, and he, mm. uh, yeah, some really smart body movements. He was able to en- engineer a little bit of space. Um, and I think, but then my point is, I think we just need to work out how this all fits together. I think Leon Bailey, I, we've spoken privately about Bailey, about mm. what a frustrating character is. I mean, he can be absolutely mind-bogglingly rubbish sometimes. <laughs> and again, I don't mean to be critical because, it, but you know, sometimes the stuff he does, you think, wow, what was that? But yesterday he was fantastic. And against yeah. Brentford, he was he was really good. And I think the point I'm trying to make is we probably need to work out how how that all fits together up front, how we can get the best out of Bailey, try and bring a bit of consistency. I think we have to accept that Bailey is is going to be inconsistent. There's no yeah. point in expecting a week in, week out type performances from, from Bailey to use a, to use an old cliche. Um, and I think I, I really love Emmy Buendia, but I think as well you have to expect from, from Emmy that you know, he plays the ball out into touch sometimes yes. or yeah. he, he's always looking to do something that's very progressive and is trying to, he's taking the, the braver option to sound like my, you know, under nines football manager back <laughs> in the day. Instead of just <laughs> yeah. rolling it backwards or just punting it brainlessly forward, Emmy's trying to, to create a chance or to, to find yeah. a player in space. And I think we have to accept that that he will also make some mistakes um, mm-hmm. and he will you know, do some frustrating things or pass it straight to the opposition. Uh, but I think there's a lot to be encouraged about. I think Douglas Luis has done really well. I think, yeah, he looks uh, real I mean, just player. stating the obvious, he looks really good. I think it was mm-hmm. great to have some of our injured players coming back. You know, when yep. you've got a France international coming back into the team, uh, yeah. it was good to see Morgan Sanson getting a run 
who mm. knows if we've seen so little of him it's hard to make a judgment if, if he's actually a premier league player yeah to use that expression he hasn't had a chance and so he, he looks very composed but yeah i suppose it's easier to come on winning than it is uh behind or expected to turn a game around it mm-hmm. there's certainly a lot to be pleased about i think the biggest thing i i felt that was a good positive from yesterday was was Ezri Konza, I think towards the end of the Gerrard, I'm a big fan of Ezri Konza. Same, I think he's yes. Yeah. An extremely capable defender. Um, and he's very much a modern defender. He likes to be on the ball, but he's he's great at some of the old school stuff, blocking, uh, mm. last gasp. Yeah, he puts him, his body on the line. But um, he, I felt like his confidence had taken a real knock, whether that was to do with Gerrard or just completely unrelated. But he looked really nervous on the ball and yeah. didn't want it in possession. But yesterday... I know it's a little bit for the TV cameras, but making those bombing on runs, going overlapping cash and, you know, getting ahead of Ramsey and Buendia. Mm-hmm. It just it just struck me of a man who was playing with a bit more confidence. And I think yeah. that really helps a lot. Yeah, completely. So that was an extremely long answer to your question. Yeah. <laughs> which is, if I was to summarise my, my answer, it would be lots to be positive about, but maybe a little bit too soon to definitively say, yeah. you know, we're back and, uh, the, yeah. the, you know, it's all fixed. All Villa, No Filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. As we learned from, you know, we beat Brentford 4-0 under Aaron Danksiola and a week later, Newcastle go and, you know, turn us over quite quite heavily. Um, but I think I think you're right. I think um, yesterday I thought, Leon Bailey is one of them players who you can tell how he's going to play from his first touch in the game. If his first touch is good, you're thinking he's on it today. And if it's bad, you're like, He's, he's probably going to frustrate us quite a lot today. Yesterday, he was absolutely sensational. He was absolutely brilliant. Every time he got the ball in tight, awkward positions, he would still hold on to it and win a foul or gain a throw in he, or, uh, or find a teammate. Um, he was he, he caused United so much trouble. And that's, that's what he's capable of. If he was able to do that more consistently, we'd have such a player. We really would. But... Um, I thought Mings was fantastic as well. Yeah. He really kept Ronaldo quiet and it it was a leader's display and he looked far more comfortable playing yesterday than he has done at times this season, though I think he's generally been one of our better players. Jacob Ramsey, one of our own. Fantastic mm. goal. He's that's a bit of a trademark for him now. That that third goal he scored. Coming in there, like deep, you know, coming in onto a, a pass from a striker, pulled back, and he comes into the area from deep. You know, I, th- I think there's probably question marks over what Christian Eriksen was doing. You know, yeah. United's defence and midfield looked a bit lost when he scored that goal. But, you know, firstly, credit to Watkins when he turned and he ran on it, as you mentioned, held the ball up. It's the second time he'd done that in the game. And it reminded me when he was running down the left, I think it was uh, um, Lindelof. Oh, Lindelof. Eric Lind- Lindelof, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he was running at him and he reminded me of when he did it at Liverpool, you know, when he did that in the 7-2 to Van Dijk. And I thought, yeah. you know, while he do that, I was, I was thinking like that, that's the exact position you were in against Liverpool run at him, do it. And he did it. Cleverly pulled it back and Ramsey's there to score. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought Ramsey, he was always finding space. He was very fluid in his movement. He was kind of all over the pitch. He was constantly finding gaps in, the, in between the lines at United. I think United maybe got caught cold by our formation. They're probably prepared for na- either narrow Steven Gerrard approach or the 4-2-3-1 we've just done. We turned up and played a very fluid 4-4-2-ish formation. And mm. uh, I'm fairly sure that caught them cold and I'm not sure they quite knew how to react to it. I think a couple of their substitutions were very confusing because I think their most threatening player was uh, the young Argentinian or young Argentinian player they had on the left. He was causing us quite a lot of problems and should have scored. It was a great save from Emi Martinez. 
we kept him out. And I mean, my God, like um, that third goal from Ramsey was like, it was, it was the moment where you thought, you know, United getting that deflected goal just before half time, very similar to when Beckham scored. You thought, you know, back in 95, you thought, this is it now. We've been here before. 2 2, 3 2. You know, they'll put us under pressure all half. They'll get that late goal from Ronaldo, It'll be a penalty or something. Yeah. And, uh, and to, to get that killer goal early on. Full credit to the whole team, really, um, for it, particularly Watkins and Ramsey, who who ultimately made it happen. And also Buendia for the reverse pass to Watkins for it. It was just, I can't tell you enough, just the atmosphere was just absolutely electric. You know, that opening goal, it was it was so loud, such a, such energy. And then the second goal, Luca Dean scoring a free kick. I mean, you know, again, coming from Ramsey running on and Shaw fouling him. Um, to, to see a score a direct free kick again for the first time since I think... I think I was at this game. We played away at Old Trafford. I think it was Westwood scored for us, direct from a free kick, and we hadn't done that since. I know Conor Harahan scored against Newcastle, but that was actually, I think it, the ball was touched onto him and then he hit it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just overall, what a, what a day. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think a few of the things you, you said, I think, first of all, talking about the, the Ramsey finish, I think he is an extremely composed finisher. That, yeah. that was easily, I mean, he's still a very young player. Admittedly, he's now built a lot of Premier League experience and he, he scores in the Premier League. So it's not mm. like he's he's on that, he's running onto that ball thinking, right, this is my chance to get off the mark and then just blaze it into the North Stand. But mm. anyway, that was a very, very good finish. Just to, was. To, to have that, the presence of mind, just set himself and just side foot it, admittedly with a lot of pace, but yeah. Yeah, it was just really, really well done. And I think I get Ramsey is someone I have to be honest. When I first saw him, I thought, is he maybe a bit one dimensional? As in, is he just this sort of supremely athletic bloke who is just able to run directly? But I think he's actually shown that he's he's a bit more than that. Of course, he's not some sort of silky trickster. That's just never going to yeah. be his game. But he's playing against the best defenders in in, in the Premier League and some yeah. of the best players in the world. And he's still consistently able to to get past get past these players and cause them a lot of problems. So I think, yeah, he's he's he had lost a little bit of that, I think, with Gerard Again, yeah. none of us are privy to what was going on there, but it was obvious that Ramsey had lost his way a little bit. But hopefully yesterday is a sign of him him coming back. And I think the other thing you talked about was the, the atmosphere. And mm. you know, obviously having been going down to been a part of my whole life. I know that it's not always the greatest place. I think that's often <laughs> something that's levelled at, yeah. at the Villa. And I think we have to admit that sometimes the atmosphere can be a, a little bit challenging, particularly if things aren't going well. But mm. having said that, when when the, the team when the, when when the when the team gets going and when the, the fans get involved, it is then brilliant. I think it yeah. reminded me of um, the Everton game in our first season. Yes, that two 0 yeah, that amazing Friday night where Everton as well being particularly very Villa in the sense you sort of fancy their chances against a name from the Premier yeah. League, but also a, quite a soft touch name. Um, and it just had that feeling. It just, it, when when it gets going like that, Villa Park's brilliant. Um, but yeah. I think everyone is just naturally, when it comes to, to Man United, a little bit apprehensive, even though they're nowhere near the... Yeah, the team they used to be. It's not like the Ferguson era, Man United. We could be five nil up against Man United, 
with Ferguson and you think, well, 6'5", nailed on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I mean... Yeah, like, it was like that. It really was. It was just like, crazy. Yeah. You've got Paul Scholes scoring goal of the century at Villa Park, endless turnarounds, penalties, yeah, yeah. just so dispiriting. But And yes, sir, you're absolutely right. When that, you know, Luke Shaw was lucky if that ball would even be vaguely near the goal, ends mm. up scoring a, from a ludicrous deflection, you, you couldn't help but sort of think, Oh, not again! But yeah, the way we took that third goal, and I think there wasn't, which is very unvilla. There wasn't that dreadful twenty-five minute siege, you know, of the mm. ball of endless corners or desperate goal line clearances. It didn't really have that feeling. No, to it, it didn't. It was all. very controlled, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, completely. Which was I mean, in the stand in the stands. I mean, literally, I was I, even when it came up to six minutes injury time, and I said to. I was with a family relative, Christy. Thanks again for the tickets. He's the one who sorted me out. Uh, it was fantastic to be there with him. And uh, I said to him, you know, like, um, I said, I still fear United could do something. But then I was like, while saying it, watching it, I was like, actually, you know what, Villa, we're in control here. I don't think United look like they're going to do anything. And partly that, I think they got caught cold by our formation. Partly, I think Ronaldo just wasn't able to press from the front, really. So, that I think that actually helped us a bit, um, but you know, ultimately, uh, you know, Ramsey, you mentioned, you know, that kind of athleticism he has. Something I always noticed about him when he started was he always tried to take the ball on the half turn, which I always like liked because it showed he wanted to be progressive. And I did notice quite a bit last season that he would try and work quick passes. He liked to play off like Buendia, for instance. And this season, uh, uh, like pretty much everybody else, he lost his way in the Gerrard uh, late stage. But yesterday, again, it sure showed you, you know, like you, opposition teams cannot give Ramsey a chance to turn because if he turns, he's devastating. He, he can run straight at you. He's good at passing. He's good at finding, he's coming in at the right time to hit, to get the, to score, take a chance. Um, and uh, he, he just terrifies defenders when he runs direct at them, which is why I do think ultimately, I know it's very tempting to overrate, you know, young players, one of our own and all that. But I really think he's got a high ceiling, Jacob Ramsey. And hopefully the Man United game is a sign of what he could potentially become under uh, under Unai Emery, who, you know, is a coach's coach, essentially. He's a player, he's a manager who's proven in the past that he improves players. And hopefully that's what he can do for, for Ramsey. But, you know, also something I noticed was some of the interesting decisions Emery was making. Dendonka, for instance, CDM. But there was this period of time in the second half where he was playing up front, um, yeah. you know, and playing further forward to disrupt... Uh, the opposition. Then John McGinn came on. Now, my theory on John McGinn was always was when Unai Emery came in was that I put this on Twitter and got, you know, some people agreed, some didn't. But I said, I think his future might be to play as a kind of a destructive striker almost uh, or just off uh, an Ollie Watkins type striker where he's more of a, he's, he can score long ranges. He's proven that before. Um, He can be, he's a good attacking player. He's got a good goal scoring record for Scotland. But he's also quite, you know, can be quite defensive um, and he can be mm. a defender from the front almost. And uh, that's effectively what he did against Manchester United yesterday. So I think we maybe saw some some interesting um, uh, suggestions about what a few of our players might end up doing under Emery. Um, it's certainly, you know, I mean, is Emery one of the most exciting managerial signings you think we've made as, 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 as you know, during the many years we've supported Villa? Is he one of the most interesting yeah. managers we've brought in? I, I think he is. I mean, just 
how if I think back through in terms of a sort of a marquee name, particularly at European level, uh, there was the famous Dr. Josef Benglos, but yeah. that was quite a way back and I can't possibly yeah. claim to remember what sort of, you know, atmosphere that generated. But I think absolutely it's exciting. It reminds me a bit of different manager, different background and different pedigree, uh, you know, different different CV completely. But a bit like when Martin O'Neill came in, that it is felt like, like yeah. okay, th- this is... This is someone who is exciting. Um, O'Neill was, like I said, totally different manager, but he brought with him that sense of excitement and he himself brought a sense of energy that I think tactically completely different, as I said, to repeat myself, not trying to compare O'Neill with Emery in terms of style or what they'll do, but just the feeling it gave, mm. um, I think is 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 similar. I think, I mean, the, the Dino story was is untouchable in that sense, but it was a yeah. completely different signing. Dean Smith didn't come with a European reputation and yeah. won the Europa League. That that was that was a magical era for a completely different set of reasons. But I think in yeah. terms of a sort of outsider coming in, if you can describe it like that, probably yeah. Emery is, is certainly up there. Um, and the closest to me would be the that O'Neill feeling back in the day. Yeah. And what what do you think the sort of target? should be for Emery this season? Yeah, I, the, the most obvious, before I, I read in, in the paper this morning, yeah, the classic, they interviewed some Villa fans coming out of the ground and people saying, oh, next stop, Europe. Okay, <laughs> before we get anywhere like that, let's make sure we're safely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. safely in the Premier League. Uh, and then it's going to sound very boring, but I think it's just finish as, as, as high as possible as we can in the, in the division. Let's not, mm. I think the worst thing we could do now is to get completely carried away and start, you know, making these bold claims about heading in the top eight. The league is incredibly competitive. We've, mm. we've seen that already. I mean, in the long term, it's clear that's what the owners want. And then by bringing in Unai Emery, that's exactly what they're aiming for. And he himself will want to do that. I mean, it's clear he's he's seeing Villa as, as a longer term project and a way to cement his, cement his reputation in Europe, but rebuild it probably in England. I think he's probably his pride is a little bit stung after the Arsenal experience. Yeah. Um, but I think this season, let's just be realistic. Let's absolutely put to bed any relegation concerns. And, you know, one win doesn't fix that. It's very congested at the bottom. And, yeah. You know, Leicester six weeks ago looked dreadful and they're now clear. Leeds have won, you know, twice in a week and are, mm. are suddenly pulling away. So I think there's a long way to go before we can comfortably stop worrying about relegation. Uh, and then we just, yeah, for me, if we finished in the top half of the table, that would be a pretty good effort. Yeah, I think considering most of us what aren't going to the World Cup, I think actually yeah. as, as annoying as the mid-season World Cup is, it might end up being quite convenient timing for Emery to sort of set his stall out with the players he has. You know, particularly someone like Douglas Louise who's going to be quite an integral player for us in centre midfield, I think. And um, not sure whether Kamara is going to go to the World Cup, but if he, mm. if he doesn't, then, you know, another player who could uh, get to grips with the uh, Emery style in centre midfield... Um, we have, you know, yesterday looking at it, some of the players coming on um, and you think of our youth players as well. We've got a strong squad. Uh, and uh, I just think, um, I think, yeah, you're right. I think we need to aim to, you know, just get away from relegation zone now. That's our main <laughs> aim. But I think if we're, to, if we're to sort of have an end of season aim, if we can break into that top half, finally, I think it would be a real good, great start for Emery. Um, and uh, I think Leicester are going to push for that now as well. I've just got a feeling that they're looking good. Tielemans is a great player. Madison's in absolutely sensational form. So I wouldn't be surprised if Villa and Leicester, if they can get a run going, might start just 
threatening that sort of 10 position. But, you know, I say that we, we've got Brighton away and Man United away and then it, it, this week now. So <laughs> we never know how that might go. Um, hopefully it goes all right. Uh, can, can you believe we're playing Man United in the cup again uh, on Thursday? Are you you're hopeful yeah. about that one? I mean, no. It does seem completely. <laughs> yeah. It could just be just being completely honest. It is incredible how many times we we seem to draw Man United yeah. uh, at early stages of cup competitions. Same. I, I mean, if 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 we were sort of if Fergie was still around and the you know the inner conspiracy theorist in me would say that he's been on to the you know the suits at the FA to get his <laughs> favorite favorite opposition early on yeah. in the cup competitions, but. But that doesn't apply anymore. So I think, to be honest, you know, in terms of priority, I would much rather we won yesterday in the league, and then we, as long as we don't collapse in a pathetic, you know, a pathetic manner that totally dismantles our confidence, then I think mm. it's fine if we, if we don't win. I'm not for a second saying I want us to lose, but if if we do get knocked out, I think it's not the end of the world. Right stuff. Well, Rich, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you on. I am still euphoric and in disbelief that uh, it's been 27 years since we last beat United. We finally did it. If we were to wait another 27 years, it would be the year 2049 when Blade Runner 2049 is set, obviously. (laughs) So we might be watching a team of replicants versus a team of other replicants. And uh, we would both be 63 years of age. So uh, hopefully we're not having to wait that long to see Villa beat Manchester United at home again. But Rich, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you on. And uh, we'll have you on again soon, I'm sure of that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, Frankie Maguire. Catch you later, Rich. Thanks a lot, Fran. I really appreciate it. It was uh, great to, to have a chat about such a positive a positive result for the Villa. And uh, it was really great to be here. And uh, thanks very much for having me. No worries. And goodbye from me. We'll be back again to review the next Manchester United game in the midweek social. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. Thank you.